0: Greetings! Welcome to another episode of Well, Why Not? I am recording this episode on November 18th. And November 18th is a very important date for Haiti and for Haitians. It is the day that we commemorate Bataille du Véltier, which is the last battle that we fought and won against the French to gain our independence in 1803. For a while, I've been wanting to do an episode about Haitian history or just pieces of the history that mean a lot to me Um, and I thought no better day than today so let's get started. I first want to talk about my recent visit in back in august i i say that i was privileged to visit um, haiti recently because so many haitians are not able to do that for a myriad of reasons Um, some of it has to do with not having the documentation needed to travel outside of the country where they currently reside some of it has to do with safety for all of the recent uh, gang violence that has increased in uh, especially in Port-au-Prince and it's not widespread as the media would have others believe it's not all of Haiti that has been seized by gangs it's really concentrated in Port-au-Prince but since that is our largest international airport it makes it difficult especially for those of us who don't necessarily live in Port-au-Prince and who need to fly in there but then take a car or some sort of uh terrestrial transportation to get to where we are originally from in the provinces so again i had the privilege um to to make the trip back in august and before i went, I was very cautious about who I shared that with, just because I knew that there would be many people who would want to discourage me, who who would be fearful for me. And I think at that point, well, not in August, but months prior, I reached a point where my I, I, I recognized that my work takes me to places that aren't considered safe, places that... You know the the us department of state says do not travel to and i go willingly i go um i go you know with no with no trepidation really i don't i don't hesitate to make those trips and then i thought well why am i hesitating (laughs) to make the trip back home and it's interesting because i find that because where i travel for work um haitians don't necessarily know a lot about those places and they're not um they're not, you know, watching the news and and seeing them show up as you would see Haiti show up. So, they never, at least my immediate family has never um, shared any any fear for me v- visiting those places, even though they are far more dangerous than Haiti. Um, and I just, you know, I just came to a moment of, you know, I'm going to make the trip. It's what my heart is telling me to do. I have no fear. I have no hesitation. I am not worried at all everything will be fine and everything was fine (laughs) i was again very fortunate i know that's not the case for everyone i know there are people who who make the trip and unfortunately get stuck in port-au-prince and can't get to the provinces or um they get to the provinces and then they have a hard time getting back to port-au-prince to fly um fly out but everything went really well for me and i i just i accredited it to putting out good energy and attr- and cuz i believe in energy i believe you put out good energy you'll receive good energy you you know surround yourself with people who only see the positive and who are optimistic about life and and it'll eventually become second nature to you as well but if of course if you're surrounding yourself with people who will point out every potential danger or fear or and you know point out everything that can go wrong then you will eventually start to believe that as well so um i did share uh soon after my trip uh, this air this picture that i took um up above in the mountains which was the road i had to take in order to get to my town of jacmel and it was beautiful you saw the coastline you saw the port you saw just you know this it, it what looked to be just a quiet city below and i know we know that it's not quiet but it's just a contrast it's such a contrast to have those those images and those experiences really because being up there it wasn't just beautiful to look at but i just felt this sense of serenity a sense of peace even though i wasn't home yet and then of course when i got home i mean my town it's i hadn't been back since 2019 and it's changed i wouldn't say all for the better but um again i had those moments you know just going to to the to visit the places that i usually go visit to go to the beach um to go to the cemetery <laughs> as is something that is so traditional for us um to just go see uh, friends family that i haven't seen um for a few years and to be in those spaces again it just felt peaceful so I, I just, I'm always holding those two, um, those two emotions of knowing that I am, again, very fortunate, very blessed to experience peace and, and, and serenity at home. And that's not the case for many. That's not the case for even those who are living there now. Um, and, and it's hard. It's hard to, to know that I have that privilege and I can't share it necessarily. It's not something. It's it's almost like it's not mine to give. It's I'm not able to, you know, just hand over my piece or hand over um, what I feel about being in Haiti and how I'm able to enjoy it. I can't share that, unfortunately, um, so easily. But um, now to the historical events that I I always feel these these. Um, these events sort of when i learned about them they 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 brought about this sense of pride all you know just knowing about how haiti became independent you know first black nation to become independent and all of that of course brings pride but there are so many obviously it's, it wasn't just an overnight thing it was a long process started in 1792 and we fought for a long time till we got to to 1804 obviously and and there was a lot that went into it there were a lot of obviously a lot of people who lost their lives for it Um, there were a lot of battles lost (laughs) but of course the war was won and I just think that there that our history is is so rich and so interesting Um, so I wanted to pick out a few of the events that always stick out to me and if people ask me about Haitian history I, I I always want to share it i want to i want to let people know this these um these interesting facts so the first interesting fact that i like to share is that not only was haiti the first black republic uh it was also the first country in the western hemisphere to abolish slavery and i think we we assume that and you know we take it for granted because it was a black republic but not all black and brown countries that uh, who were that were able to gain independence afterwards necessarily did that um, as a matter of fact and this is my interesting fact number two uh, part of haiti's um, requirements when other countries or other communities at the time because they weren't necessarily countries asked for support in in gaining their independence as well was for them to also abolish slavery. So in the case of La Gran Colombia, which is present day Panama, Venezuela, Colombia, and Ecuador, when when Simon Bolivar reached out and said, you know, we would like your help in fighting against the Spanish, uh, De Salín said, okay, but you have to free the slaves. And although the promise was agreed or there was the agreement and um, that was an understanding. It didn't necessarily happen for a myriad of reasons. But this is actually something that uh, occurred with other countries as well. I know that at some point, Mexico also reached out when they were fighting against the Spanish. And it was the same requirement. If you would like Haiti support in in trying to fight against you know European powers or the colonizers, then you must abolish slavery. And I just think that 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 speaks to the forethought of of um of the the revolutionary army of the people who led um our our independence movement because easily it could have been just about them it could have been about just you know we want this for us but we don't necessarily have to force it on anybody else and i think in some cases it's it's normal and is actually respectable to allow other countries to determine their fate but it was recognized even back then that no freedom is a universal right that just you know just as we fought for it everyone especially everyone who looks like us and who has been forced into um slavery should have the opportunity to, for freedom, to live freely. And it's just, again, I just think back to that time when there was no social media, when there was no, you know, news channels or anything like that. And how, how people got information, it was very insular. You know, they, the information that they had was pretty much amongst themselves to get a letter somewhere to another country. It took months (laughs) if it ever arrived. So again, it's just a lot of forethought. And I see that there was this, this genuine belief that we all deserve to be free. Another interesting fact, and, and this one's a little bit more controversial, but I I have come to embrace all facets of our culture, even the facets that I think, oh, I wish we could improve on, but it's still part of us. It's still part of me. And um, it's the fact that Voodoo played such a big role in in all of our battles, and especially the um, Bataille de Vertier. and it's it's very well known. And you know, the Christians <laughs> have have been very critical of that. However, it is so it's it's part of our DNA, I believe, and not in a negative way. Um, just like I believe any religion could be used for for bad things. Um, I know that voodoo tends to get that that reputation. People only see it as that, as, oh, this is this is a practice that is used to do harm. And that's not true. Um, again, it was a very integral part of the independence movement, and we, we gained independence, didn't we? So, um, and I think another um, interesting part of our culture that people don't realize when they're giving statistics about are religion and the religious makeup of haiti and they'll say well it's a you know catholicism makes up about 70 80 percent of the population and um and then you know protestants and and other denominations sub, you know come after that but there's a there's a there's a joke <laughs> that um even with those statistics 110 percent of haitians practice voodoo or believe in it and I know a lot of Haitians would say, no, 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 that's not true. I have, I have not, I've only seen a voodoo ceremony on TV. I've never participated in one in person, but I, I believe it after speaking to, to a lot of Haitians, because even if. They are not a practicing voodooison. <laughs> they still have these beliefs because they're they become part of our culture. They become part of our culture beliefs. And they are, you know, certain fears or certain assumptions about things. Like I, I have a I have a really good example, and I've I've touched on it on, on previous episodes. One of the reasons why Haitian parents are so against their children spending the night at other people's homes is that there is a belief that if somebody pulls a hair out of the middle of your head like the middle of your scalp that they are essentially taking your your spirit and of course, how, how can that happen? How could somebody do that? The easiest way for somebody to do that is if you're spending the night or if you're sleeping. And so sleeping in somebody who is not family, who is not close family, um, in their home, you are exposing yourself to that potential. So to me, and that's very much tied in, in voodoo belief in voodoo practices. And so I think even when you're, you could be speaking to a Catholic, you could be speaking to a Protestant, and they will have that belief. So, to me, again, this is not it's it's beyond just a religion. It is of it, it's it's sprinkled throughout our culture and the way that we move through life. Um, even when we leave the island, that was another thing I remember hearing when I was little that there was this belief that. Um, spirits, that, because in in Voodoo practice, you know, spirits are used for a lot of things. Um, whether it's to heal somebody, whether it's to um, find things out, it is of it's the central part of everything that gets done, whether in a ceremony or or how it's practiced. And I, you know, there was there is there is a belief, or at least there was, that spirits can't cross oceans so once you left Haiti supposedly there was this sense of um, protection like oh well whatever somebody is doing in Haiti even if they're trying to do some do me harm using spirits the spirit can't cross an ocean so I'll be fine I think over the past 20 to 30 years though um, a lot of Haitian communities have started to practice voodoo where they live in the diaspora as well So I've started to think, did that that belief change? Or is it more so that they feel that they are conjuring the spirits where they are? So the spirit doesn't technically have to cross waters. Like, I think before, too, there was this idea that voodoo only came out of Haiti. And again, I think because it's such an integral part of who we are, part of our DNA, that I think eventually... The realization came that, no, wherever we are, just like with any religion, you know, you don't need to be in a certain geographical location to worship um, or to to um, observe traditions or to hold a specific ceremony. You need certain items. And I think I do believe that there are certain items that people prefer to get from Haiti uh, for for. For voodoo ceremonies but i think overall there's this feeling that oh we can we can worship we can we can conjure anywhere we go <laughs> and i i i'm using the word conjure it's probably incorrect um i just know because this in speaking to spirits and um bringing about spirits maybe that's the better better term to use is a big part of of the voodoo practice so i actually um Want, would love to study more about it. I've studied it here and there. Have a general knowledge of it, but again, I I am I really believe it, and I'm sure that there are Haitians who will disagree with me and will say that nope, they have nothing to do with it. They were not raised um, practicing, and no, and they and they and there is this feeling that it's a bad thing as well. Um, but I also have seen that with different um with music for instance you know we have a very traditional music called racine that for a long time was considered and and it was also tied to voodoo ceremonies and the sounds and the you know the instruments that were used in ceremonies it kind of came out of that so of course just as we were taught that voodoo is a bad thing, you know, anything born of it is also bad. But now, I mean, Racine music is international, it's internationally recognized. Um, there are so many other cultures that appreciate, that appreciate the sounds of it. You can hear it's similar as well to to certain music um, from, from the South, from, from like Louisiana. So, you know, we've come to this place of embracing more about our culture and realizing and and kind of questioning why were why were we told it was bad where did that come from and a lot of us it comes from our parents but then it go you know to to keep going and keep searching and saying but why were our parents told it was bad where who told them and and then eventually coming to the realization oh this came out of you know white anglo-saxon colonizers (laughs) and how they wanted us to convert to their own religion So, of course, anything that, you know, was closely tied to our traditions, especially African traditions, was looked at as bad. And you could see variations of voodoo in other um, countries that also had slaves. So I, you know, and then you can also tie it back to to a lot of um, tribes in in, in Africa, especially where the, the slave trade was concentrated. So these are just, again, three little things but big things again that i think are fascinating about our culture and i think you know obviously we were unique not only in the fact that we were the first in in so many ways but we're just unique because of the way that we have merged or or melted <laughs> all the different aspects of our African roots and Spanish roots, and um, and then the indigenous cultures and the indigenous communities that were there as well. So we, I, I read somewhere that Haiti created a plethora of of mixtures. Was the was the term used in terms of um, you know a, uh, Africans mixing with French, mixing with Spaniards, and it just we. I and I don't know if it's necessarily more so than on the other side of the island in, in Dominican Republic, but it's it's pretty. It's it you can see it. You can see it even to this day, especially because we've had other influxes, and so that mixture as well you can see play out. But we look. We have. All shades, which you hear often. It's like Haitians come in all shades and with different um, facial features and, and, and all of that. And that all ties back to that era, you know, that era of independence when now abolishing slavery, making everyone free, that people were making families in, in very different ways. And um, it just created a very, very diverse group of Haitians that we still, or, or diverse community of Haitians that we we can still see today. So that is it for my little nuggets about uh, Haitian history. Again, I could probably do 20 more episodes about things that I like about our our culture, things that I like about our history, and I probably will do another one in the future. But again, just to commemorate this special day for for so many of us, um, I wanted to record this episode and, and get it out there in a timely manner. Thank you for listening, and until the next time, be well.